1: The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. <laughs> It is the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Semenix. I'm at Hero Stadium for a high school game of the week tonight. We've got Churchill and Roosevelt. Reinagle, he's over at the one year anniversary party for Round Table Pizza there at four ten in Blanco. John Machota. Sitting somewhere in the Metroplex talking to us about Cowboys and Patriots as John joins us on the Byers Barricades guest line. Uh, You know, after that embarrassment in uh, the desert, it's been quite an interesting week up there at the Star, has it not? Yeah, a lot of injury issues
0: going on, you know, particularly on that offensive line that haven't exactly got ironed out. I do think that, I, I feel strongly about, as long as there's not a setback tomorrow, I think Tyler Biotis and Zach Martin are back. Uh, They've been able to do more this week. But I I would say that's the biggest uh, talking point coming out of this week. And then, uh, obviously, a lot of questions about how uh, the offense uh, finally scores touchdowns in the red zone and then the defensive uh, performance. Uh, Frankly, I I did not think this defense was capable of playing the way they did in Arizona. So I would not think that they would do that back-to-back weeks. uh, But I guess we'll see.
1: You know, John, what I find interesting, just back to the offensive lineman for just a moment, Tyron Smith was actually dressed last week and didn't play, and now he's the guy that has already been officially ruled out. How bad is his injury? Do we know that?
0: Yeah, that's, it's interesting because, you know, he was good to go last week during the week, and then something happened because they're sad they go – a regular practice on Saturday. Their Friday is a, is a walkthrough, so it's not like most teams. And Mike McCarthy has done this for a while, and, and, and it's it's because they believe that uh, the re, the return on investment pays off on Sundays uh, just with the way that the guys' bodies are prepared and stuff for the game. But something happened in that, that Saturday practice last week that, that set Tyron's knee back. Because I'll tell you, when he dressed and ran out for pregame warm-ups in Arizona, you could just tell that, that he was not right. You know, there was already, uh, some talk of that. Yeah. He's one of the captains, but I don't know if he's going to be able to go. It's gonna be a game time decision. And I could tell just when he ran out and, and just got in their stretching lines, I was like, that does not look like someone who's ready to start this game. He was, he was kind of favoring his knee a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, lo and behold, I, I don't, I think they just had him because they were on, you know, it was kind of a, a last minute thing. And so they didn't have another offensive tackle, uh, that they would have had to turn into in an emergency situation. But the Tyron Smith I saw run out on the field last week, even in an emergency situation, I don't think he was going ever
1: going on that field. You know, we always say with Tyron or always over the last couple of years, it's not – if he gets hurt, it's and how many games? Uh, already rolled out for Sunday, so that's half the games this year. Is is it at the point with Tyron where the Cowboys can no longer rely on him and shouldn't rely on him? If he's available and can play, it's a bonus. But do the Cowboys, can they adjust at this point of the season to say, hey, you know what, Um you're not. We've got to have a plan that doesn't include Tyrant, right? You follow me on that? 100. And and
0: and I think we would all agree that they have to feel that way. They're not going to say it publicly, but it's got to be that way for most of the offensive line. There just hasn't been a time over these last few years where it's been healthy together. And obviously Tyrant is, is is one of those key pieces there in that. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where you just kind of every year you kind of wonder is this the last one? Like, how much longer is he going to go? But, I, I I mean, his replacement for the future is, is there. It's, it's going to be Tyler Smith. And that's why they, you know, gave strong consideration to drafting uh, Matthew Bergeron instead of taking Mozzie Smith in the draft, who would have been a guard who, in a situation like this, if Bergeron was on the team, uh, then, you know, Tyler Smith's your left tackle, Bergeron's in at left guard, and, and, and who knows how that would have affected the way that they you know, practice throughout training camp and things like that. And and that's why he was a consideration with the first round pick. This wasn't something like a, you know, second, third, fourth round, they considered taking a guard in the first round because of this situation. And, and, and so not that we, and we should be looking ahead to the draft, but you know, in the back of your mind, offensive line has to be at the top of their list right now, just because of how these injuries have, have, have continued to stack up. So at least they feel comfortable that they do have the left tackle of the future and Tyler Smith, but at the same time, I don't think he wanna I don't think the best plan of attack is that every other week be like, uh, yeah, Tyler, you're going to be left guard. Uh, next week, oh, Tyron's out so you're going to be left tackle. Now go back to left guard because Tyron's back. And now go left, left guard. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So unless unless there's – and it gets to a point where, let's say, Tyron was to suffer a season-ending injury, then I think Tyler Smith, uh, you know, he gets out there and, and, and he's your left tackle going forward. But they don't look at it that way. They they, they think that there's a chance he could potentially go next week, uh, Tyron, that is. So – Uh, we will see um, but they don't look at it as something where he's going to need much more time to rest but I say that and it's like who knows like you could just have one practice where it flares up.
1: John I've got to ask you and you you mentioned the defense and and I think everybody was shocked at the way that defense played the other day still some problems with the run defense I think we saw that and, and obviously that's something that needs to be addressed but we all try to find reasons for what happened. I mean, have you guys talked about uh, was it was it overconfidence? Was it just maybe the Cardinals aren't as bad as everybody thought they were? What do you think? No, I think there was probably a little bit of
0: overconfidence, and you know, you, you can say that's media hype or whatever. But I think when you win your first two games, seventy to ten, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of okay, we're built for this. Like this is this is the year. We got all the pieces. Offense is, is is playing very complementary to what we do on defense. Our defense is doing, uh, you know, playing at, at the highest level of any team in the league right now. You have great pieces on every level. Then you lose Trayvon Diggs. I'm sure that was a, a gut punch that probably had a little bit of effect on the way they played. But I can't sit there and say that it's an excuse for to play like that uh, for an entire first half. I just, frankly, with or without Trayvon Diggs, I did not think the defense was capable of playing that poorly. I just think that where it's been built each of these last three years. I thought it got to a point where we wouldn't see uh, the, the clunker-type game like we saw last year at the end of the season against Washington or that clunker-type game two years ago against Denver where you're just like left scratching your head. Like, how did you – I mean, everything was rolling. How did you blow this game? Oh, also, by the way, which is crazy to even think about this, Denver has not won a road game since that game. I mean, that that blows my mind. But anyway, um, so so when you think of those, like, those type of clunkers, I will say the one positive from it is, you look at the very next game after those, after they lost that game to Denver, they beat the uh, Falcons the very next week, 43 to 3. After they lose to Washington last year in, in the final regular season game, they go to Tampa on the wild card round and, and, and play one of the best games I've seen the Cowboys play. Could have been, I mean, you could make the argument that's the best game Dak Prescott's ever played. So you would think that there's going to be a big time bounce back uh, in this game. But I, honestly, I there's nobody I talk to in the locker room, and there's nothing that I've come away with watching the game live and then watching it again on the All-22 that makes me have any understanding of just how poorly they played some of those run plays in particular that turned into these big 20, 30, 40-yard games. I
1: just thought that this defense was beyond allowing that to happen. John Machuda from The Athletic joining us here on the Byers Barricades guest line on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. John, I think it just underscores something I've said for years. Every year, the Cowboys have a game that they lose that they have no business losing and play like crap. And then they always win a game that you don't think they have any chance of winning. It just seems to be a part of the Cowboys' DNA, and hopefully that was the bad game. Because quite honestly, uh, I think we were all stunned at what we saw from the defense um, maybe not quite as stunned as what we're seeing from the offense in the red zone. But one of the stats that surprises me is the amount of targets to Jake Ferguson and the lack of targets in the red zone to C.D. Lamb. As you're talking to the guys, I mean, I know what Mike McCarthy says on the podium and all the different kinds of things, but, you know, players, they, they see things differently. What are you hearing in the locker room about the issues, play calling or execution when they're down uh, in, in that red zone? Well, the thing that the players
0: are pushing is a lot of stuff they're hearing from the coaches, and, 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 I mean, I guess rightfully so, is that, you know, it's still a small sample size. For me, I mean, it really is coming down to the Arizona game. I don't really look at those first two games as uh, red zone issues just because of the fact of just the style that those games were played um, and, and, and how lopsided they were. I think taking care of the ball and not putting your defense in a bad spot with how dominant their defense was playing was a smart play complimentary wise, in those first two games, but in this Cardinals game last week, that's where it leaves you scratching your head a little bit. Now, I will say, I mean, all of a sudden you're finding out that hey, we're going to have Brock Hoffman starting at center, and we're going to be down three starters. Yes, that's going to cause some issues, no, no question. But I felt like in the second half, there were there was there was meat left on the bone there when they got down there, and 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 it felt like anytime they made a big play, it almost seemed like, and then there was one player out of everyone that just did something that kind of set them back. Whether you talk about the Cavante Turpin uh, punt return uh, that you have the hold on, uh, you look at, you look at the Michael Gallup play in the back of the end zone uh, that certainly, I don't understand how that's not pass interference, but it happens. Um, but there's certain plays that it was like, what happens when you play like that in the first half is your margin for error is so small the rest of the game. And they were probably pressing a little bit, you know, and and, and kind of for, trying to force some things and, um you know, it just it just wasn't there. I found it interesting how they never did get to any of the Deuce Vaughn, Cavante Turpin stuff in in the second half the way they had in the previous game. So, um it'll be interesting to see how they do that against a very uh talented and very well coached Bill Belichick defense because every week that goes by that they that they're settling for field goals and not getting touchdowns, it just keeps getting, it'll keep getting more and more amplified, especially because of how good they were in the red zone last year.
1: John Machoda from The Athletic with a nice Joseph Randall reference on the Blitz on this Friday (laughs) afternoon. Cowboys-Patriots coming up on Sunday. John, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. You too, guys. Take it easy. Interesting. John Machoda from The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and follow John on Twitter, at J-O-N Machoda on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it.